0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: We got here by the skin of our teeth, and now the problem is, how do we leave this place in safe hands? That's what it's about. For me, there are no more achievements I'm not out to prove anything. I don't have to prove anything. I have lived my life to the fullest. What is it I want to do now? To try and secure the future for what has already been built and not to lose it. Whether it's going to be done by the PAP or any other person or any other party that's irrelevant, we must keep a system that will enable this place to stand out and prosper and attract talent. And as long as we attract talent and we've got security and we keep an open system which treats everybody fairly and equally, we will succeed.
2: That was Lee Kuan Yew, the very first Prime Minister of Singapore from 1959 to 1990, making him the longest serving PM in history. This is Raise a Game as we continue on with today's show honoring the life of Lee Kuan Yew. We'll find out the reason behind his long Prime Minister residency and leadership lessons that we can learn and apply in our own lives. We speak with a wide array of personalities as they share how the life of Lee Kuan Yew has impacted their lives. With Singapore being among the world's top three oil export refining centers, the world's busiest transshipment port, the world's biggest manufacturer jack up rigs, the only Asian country to have triple A credit ratings from all three major credit rating agencies and being named fifth least corrupt country, according to Transparency International's 2012 Corruption Perception Index. Lee Kuan Yew sure has a lot of things to be proud of, leaving behind a dynasty built upon sheer determination and his passion for the people. Andrew Chow, Richard Gabriel, Sheila Singham and Roshan Tiran share with us their thoughts on the leadership of Lee Kuan Yew.
3: Mr. Lee is a highly respectable leader with integrity uh, in all his work. He's a firm and uncompromising leader. A strong visionary with a deep belief in his heart. He believes, he pursues, he achieves. He's a leader of passion, power, and persistence. Mr. Lee's leadership style is direct, cut the chase, even to the point of confrontational. He doesn't believe in sugarcoating his words, he just give it to you as it is. His style is a little bit of my way or the highway. But during the days of independence, that was absolutely necessary. I think at the time in space, dealership styles worked because he was surrounded by a lot of helper or givers. He has a lot of lieutenants like Dr. Go King Sui, uh, Lim Kim San, To Jin Chai. So you make a very good team with him as a leader. He's the hard guy surrounded by a lot of helpful guys.
4: Well, I feel that he was a visionary. He had this idea and this plan of what he wanted his nation to be. And he, he set out to, you know, give it a structure and implement the plan to make it happen. He, he had a very strong character. He was very firm sometimes to the point of being seen as inflexible, but he wasn't interested so much in being popular as in having this plan and implementing it, just getting the job done. And, and I feel that as a leader, leaders uh, generally need to put their people first. They need to be servant leaders. And in a way, he was that because he always put Singapore first, and Singaporeans sometimes they they didn't realise, you know, what he was doing—that he was doing it for the good of the people. But he just consistently followed through in his plan. So he—he he was consistent. He was persistent. He was a visionary, highly intelligent, firm, and and he had lots of integrity.
5: So Lee Kuan Yew is probably one of the greatest leaders, you know, in this peaceful. Post war times. And, and I think, I mean, if you look back at Lee Kuan Yew's history and Lee Kuan Yew's life, uh, he became Prime Minister of Singapore at the age of 35 and served 40 years as Prime Minister in Singapore. But if you look back early on in his life, I mean, he, he was once a black market trader and he did that to survive. And and, and when, you know, in the early years, you know, studying law and, and was doing stuff that helped him to define his leadership, he learned a lot of important decision making lessons. How you make the right decision. And, and one of the quotes I remember him saying is, it's not what we do, but what we become. And that was really his leadership philosophy. And, and he had to make a lot of tough decisions. I mean, in 1961, he championed really hard with Tunku Rahman to partner Malaysia, Singapore, Sabah and Sarawak together to form Malaysia. And and he, he championed it and pushed for it really, really hard. But in 1965, because of some riots and uh, happiness of the people, he had to really you know make a hard decision of you know of having the guts to to break the whole merger and he admitted to his mistake and he ultimately severed ties I mean he had to make a lot of tough decisions along the way and and I think you know one another quote that he always says is that leadership is and this is a quote he, he says a successful leader is someone who can communicate with the people and identify with their aspirations and I think that was him you know he he always seemed to communicate really well and did a great job in terms of really identifying with people's aspiration. And finally, I think the biggest achievement of Lee Kuan Yew was the transformation of Singapore. I mean, he moved Singapore from a third world village into a top first world nation. And I think one of the reasons why he was so successful is his ability to listen. He always had this motto: listen first to express confidence in others. And he really listened to his rakyat. And uh, I, I, you know, I remember a couple uh, many years ago, early on in the 70s or 80s, when Singapore had a huge shortage of houses. And he was listening to his people, and they complained about the fact that they didn't have homes. And he then decided to devise to use government land to fix this problem. You know, today, I think in 2005, there was 70, 90% of Singaporeans own their own home. And so, you know, leaders have vision which Lee Kuan Yew really had leaders build a better tomorrow which he did and I think Lee Kuan Yew can be counted as one of the greatest leaders ever
1: I'm not depressed I'm realistic I say this is our capabilities these are our capabilities this is the competition that we face and given what we have our assets and our capabilities we can still make a good living, provided we are realistic.
2: Having a pension for being straight to the point, Lee Kuan Yew looked at things from a realistic standpoint and rarely beats around the bush. He's also one that prefers to cut through the clutter as displayed in an incident where once, in response to a question, Heng Suiket, Minister for Education, wrote him three paragraphs, thinking he was comprehensive. Instead, Lee Kuan Yew said to him, I only need a one-sentence answer. Why did you give me three paragraphs? Next up, we hear from Andrew Chow, Richard Gabriel, Sheila Singham and Dr Yvonne Sam on how Lee Kuan Yew inspired them respectively.
3: Mr Lee has inspired me to do things differently. I was inspired by him to create ideas that may be impossible to others. I've learned to think without a box because Mr Lee has shown me everything is possible. Just do it. I think it's, it's his vision, he can really see beyond time horizon, being someone who is active in the 50s and 60s and he can see through maybe to the year 2000, what Singapore will be like. That itself transcends leadership. Visionary is really seeing things before anybody else can even comprehend. He sees Mount Everest before anybody knows about Mount Everest. So when he charted the road to get to Mount Everest, a lot of people may find it hard to fall at the beginning. However, when they are embarking on a journey, when they begin to see the faint Mount Everest in the horizon, they begin to buy into the vision. And that is what he was doing and he has successfully done in the past 50 years in Singapore history.
4: Well, one thing that stands out about this man is his integrity. For me personally, I hold the value of integrity as being very high in my hierarchy of values and I totally respect the fact that, you know, he always managed to remain in, in the sort of pantheon of Asian leaders, so to speak. He's always held himself apart. He has never really been tainted with corruption. I mean at least the perception of it, you know. And uh, he had the courage of his convictions. Uh, He lived by his convictions. Even when he had to make unpopular decisions and tough decisions, he made them, he went ahead with them because he believed in them. And so that's very inspiring to me. He had very high standards as well. His larger purpose was always to keep Singapore prospering and to ensure it was exceptional. He never stood for mediocrity. And I believe the mark of a true leader is that one should never, you know, stand for mediocrity. One should always aspire to a higher ideal, to the highest of standards. So, you know, for Singapore, if you look at Singapore today, the crime rate is probably among the lowest in Asia. It's got among the best education systems, the best health systems. And that's been maintained consistently, you know, since the early years of Singapore. So that's very inspiring to have a standard and to aspire to the higher standard and to manage to sustain it for such a long period of time. Now, the thing that makes him human too is I'll tell
6: another story about the fact that he had a strong relationship with his wife and that really is what inspires me because you know what inspired me in Lee Kuan Yew is that human side that we don't always see because we always see that really logical you know rational man so uh, another colleague of mine and this is a story that I'll relate to from my work uh, with uh, leaders and CEOs and he is a CEO from New Zealand and he went to a, a more private funeral of Madam Lee when she passed and Lee Kuan Yew stood up to address the people saying that he misses his wife now it's very easy to say that at a funeral but to become vulnerable and say that I miss her because she was my right hand woman or right hand man she was my right brain I mean, he didn't exactly say that but he, she was the right brain and I was the left people always see me as logic and she studied the arts, she studied literature, she could read archetypes in people because all classics are written with archetype personalities in it so whenever she warns me about a certain character, it's like in, in a play and she, he used to kind of not take her advice, but every time she was right. <laughs> so she's always, he's always said that I'm a great man because I have taken her advice. And I really miss her now because she really helped me, you know, learn about the human side. So that, that play with people, I mean the world is a stage and all men players, right? So, I mean, that is what she stood for. And uh, he had always taken her as his mentor. And I thought that was beautiful. And for him to relate to people like, you know, CEOs and all that, to give, I mean, that's a side of Lee Kuan you that you may not see, but that was that vulnerable, really human side. And I, I'm inspired by a man who can be strong, but also have that vulnerability to celebrate, you know, successes from the you know, people who've helped him.
2: Coming up next, we'll hear more from Andrew Chow, Richard Gavril, Sheila Singham, Dr Yvonne Sam and Roshan Tiran to celebrate the life of Lee Kuan Yew, the first Prime Minister of Singapore. Stay tuned to raise your game, BFM 89.9.
0: Best for money, BFM 89.9. Well, you know, I get a lot of demonstrations in Singapore when my students are quite a rabatious and spirited lot. They're and I think there ought to be, otherwise, I, th- I think there's very little future for Singapore. It's, it's a, a young community and the young must be idealistic, the young must believe that the world should be more just and there should be more moral rectitude in the behavior of their leaders. <coughs> and they protest often in, 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 in more than just a peaceful manner, because the communists slip into my demonstrations and, you know, but windows got, got broken so often and cars get overturned, but at the end of the day, I think decisions have got to be made by adults, not teenagers, but it's got to be made in such a way that when the teenagers become adults and they look back on these decisions, they would be proud of the generation that went before them.
2: This is Raise Your Game and for those who've just joined us, we're honouring the life of Lee Kuan Yu, looking at his leadership style and how we can apply them into our own lives. Being one that's unafraid of competition, Lee Kuan Yew's main focus was on the welfare being of Singapore and welcomes the competition with open arms if they are capable enough. Lee Kuan Yew transformed Singapore's economy from largely agricultural to one of the strongest industrial societies in the world. Under the leadership of Lee Kuan Yew, Singapore also became one of the safest countries in the world, partly due to the use of corporal and capital punishment. Andrew Chow, Richard Gabriel, Sheila Singham, Dr Yvonne Sum and Roshan Thiaran shares with us applicable live lessons from the legacy of Lee Kuan Yew.
3: We can all learn from Mr Lee to be passionate in our dreams, to be resilient when faced with challenges and problems, to rise up above every problem that we have and to make our dreams come true. There's something that we can learn from him and it will be a legacy to us. Doing the right things it's important, it's more important in doing things right. He believed in doing the right thing, he leave it to his lieutenants, his helper to get things right. Doing the right thing may not be the most popular thing, and may not be the most well-liked thing, but it is essential. So he did the right thing, which will be painful at first, but he leave it to his rest of the team to make it more bearable to the people. So uh, the buy-in really is He sets the direction. I think the rest of the guys put in the persuasion, so it makes a very good team during the formation years in Singapore history, from 1965 to 1990, when he handed over to Mr Ko Tong.
4: I think what we today, particularly in, in, in today's world, where everyone, you know, leaders, whether political leaders or corporate leaders, everyone has got their own agenda, I think from, from Lee Kuan Yew, we learned the concept of the servant leader that he put the country first. He was always concerned with developing the people's socio-economic status, the education level and he was very, very proud of Singapore and he, he was always striving to do his best even in the pace of unpopularity. So I think what we learned from this is that if you're in a leadership position, you have a job to do. You're there to do a job, not to be like or, you know, not to pander to any one group, to be really strong, to, to stand above and believe in what you do. And he also considered leadership of his country to be a lifelong commitment. You know, he said, I quote him, the more we are being tested, the more I have to be around to make sure we pass the test. This is a lifelong commitment. And he totally believed in that, right until, you know, even until recently, even despite being, you know, unwell and all, he was always very interested in the future of Singapore. He was a man of conviction. I think that we all need to learn to have the courage of our convictions. Another thing that I believe that we can learn from him is that he always looked for practical solutions. Sometimes his solutions might have appeared a bit harsh, but they were very workable. I mean, if you look at the whole housing infrastructure of Singapore, being able to make housing affordable to every Singaporean at a time when housing was scarce and and, uh, lots of uh, other plans that he put in place. And finally, I think what we need to learn from him is that leadership should be transformational. And he did practice transformational leadership. If you look at him, he he took a country with nothing, practically nothing. I mean, Singapore was a part of Malaysia and it separated, and he built it into a tiny island nation, into a force to be reckoned with in the region today. This man was bold, he was brave, he was fearless in many ways, and I think those are the marks of a good leader.
6: I think I would say that things like consistency, courage, and speaking up. I think those are the three things that uh, like I said, consistency because you'll know almost what Lee Kuan Yew would say uh, before he says it because he's been so clear uh, on what he stands for and he has the courage to speak up. So I think we don't have as many people like that. I mean, in a, in a way, I think uh, Dr. Mahathir was a bit like that. You know, he was consistent. You know what he's gonna say, love him, or hate his politics, or, you know? That's exactly it. He has to have the courage to speak up and do what he thinks is good for his people uh, at the time. So I think even with the passing of Lee Kuan Yew, I mean, after all, he's in his 90s uh, and we'd love him to live longer. But passing the baton to, I guess, his son uh, and to the Singaporeans, I mean, in a way, one of the things that sometimes people say, my goodness, he's created a dynasty in Singapore But at the same time, how many people are willing to stand up and be counted like he has? So, and perhaps, you know, having his son who has been groomed and lived under him is uh, a slightly different take on things, but, you know, it, it creates that consistency again, you know, in Singapore. But hopefully, like I said, there'll be more Singaporeans who will take the stand that he has and have the courage to speak up, stand for and lead their, their, their country the way that he has.
5: I just want to end with three uh, leadership lessons I think I, I learned from uh, Lee Kuan Yew. Uh, the first one, I think, is Lee Kuan Yew is a man who said it as it is. I mean, he was brave, very authentic, very sincere. And, and he, sure, he, he ruffled a lot of feathers along the way, but he ultimately got results. He was not, not afraid to tell the truth, not afraid to say it as it is. So that, that was one of the first lessons I, I learned. From him, the second lesson I learned was he was really good at le- leadership succession planning. Li Kuan Yu is probably the best succession plan guru. I mean, he helped Xianlong his son uh, to really work through the ranks and experience different different circumstances and different different departments to ultimately become a prime minister of substance to replace him. Because it's always hard to replace a father that is so strong and that has gone through so much experience. So number two was plan your, your leadership succession. And the last lesson I learned uh, very quickly was always be vision-focused, be tenacious about achieving your vision. And Lee Kuan Yew, in spite of you know Malaysia kicking Singapore out of, of the union, he was very firm on his vision of building a better tomorrow for Singapore, a better Singapore, and he was tenacious about achieving his vision. And I think, you know, saying it, three lessons, saying it as it is, be brave, uh, planning your leadership succession and, and being vision-focused or being tenacious to achieve your vision, I think those are three key, key lessons that I picked from him.
2: As we bring this special edition of Raise Your Game to a close, we would like to leave you with a quote from Lee Kuan Yew's 1988 National Day Rally. Even from my sick bed, even if you're going to lower me into a grave and I feel something is going wrong, I will get up. Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9.